With change comes opportunity. That's what many in Ukraine felt when the parliament in Kyiv declared the country's independence from the Soviet Union back in 1991. The parliament of Ukraine declares the complete independence of Ukraine, that the territory of Ukraine is whole and unencumbered. From this day forward, the constitution of Ukraine will be the sole law of the land. The laws of the USSR no longer apply. Free from Moscow's authoritarian grip, Ukrainians saw a world of possibilities. For a young Volodymyr Zelensky, that meant becoming a comedic actor and an entertainment executive. His signature TV role? An idealistic teacher who becomes Ukraine's accidental president. And in this scene from the first episode that aired back in 2015, Zelensky's character has just learned he has won the election. In this scene, he is saying, this is some kind of weird joke. I feel like it's a practical joke. Based on the preliminary opinion polls, I shouldn't even be in the top 10. And from there, it gets weirder. In 2019, on the back of his successful TV show, Zelensky actually ran for president, like in real life. But his time in office has been no sitcom. Before Russia invaded last year, Zelensky's approval rating had been as low as 25%. Today, he is one of the world's most popular politicians. Some compare him to Winston Churchill. So consider this. Volodymyr Zelensky has pulled off one of the most dramatic political transformations in modern memory. As Ukraine marks the first anniversary of the war, we take a look at how he did that. From NPR, I'm Elsa Chang. It's Tuesday, February 21st. This message comes from NPR sponsor Deloitte. Chief Futurist Mike Bechtel reflects on what they've learned through their research for the 2023 Tech Trends Report. We can't future-proof, but we can make ourselves future-friendly, forwards-compatible. We've identified in our work that part of building tomorrow is making sure that it plays nicely with the systems we have today. To read the Tech Trends 2023 report and learn more about the impact of technology on business, go to Deloitte.com slash U.S. slash Tech Trends. It's Consider This from NPR. President Biden made an unannounced trip to Ukraine's capital, Kiev, on Monday. One year later, Kiev stands and Ukraine stands. Democracy stands. The Americans stand with you, and the world stands with you. This visit to a war zone by the U.S. president was a dramatic moment meant to underscore Ukraine's resilience in the face of Russia's invasion and the resilience of the man Biden stood next to, President Volodymyr Zelensky. NPR's Frank Langford explains how Zelensky became the leader he is today and why some Ukrainians still have doubts about his leadership. Zelensky's transformation began with a decision to stay in Kyiv as Russian forces headed towards the capital. Alexei Arostovich is a former advisor to the office of the president. He was with Zelensky at the beginning of the war. 
Aristovich says he and others urged the president to move someplace safer. We said, uh, what about cruise missile? He said, I stay here. What about uh, saboteurs? I stay here. We're going to kill Mr. President by Russians. We said, I stay here. So say, give, me a, give me a machine gun. I stay here. Aristovich says the president was thinking differently than his advisors. He understand if we uh, gone out from Kiev, it will be great stress for whole defenders of Ukraine. And we thinking like a military people, he's thinking like a head of the nation. On the second day of the war, Zelensky went out on the streets and stood with his chief of staff, as well as Ukraine's prime minister. The setting, a Baroque building in the heart of Kyiv that all Ukrainians would recognize. Recording on his phone, Zelensky sent this defiant message. We are all here. Our soldiers are here. The citizens are here. We defend our independence. That's how it'll go. People had wondered if Zelensky would flee. Dario Kalenyuk runs the Anti-Corruption Action Center, a public watchdog group. Before war, he was saying, there will be no war, relax, everyone. I was thinking, okay, this guy, he's not prepared. He showed the great example by staying in Kyiv. And honestly, it was a surprise for me. Zelensky ran for office in 2019, pledging to end the war with Russia in the east of the country, boost the economy, and attack corruption. But he put friends from his entertainment career into key government posts, for which they had no experience. Critics say he embraced oligarchs and undermined government oversight. People became disillusioned. Zelensky has controversial reputation. Um, He is a good visioner, but not very good manager. So he surrounds himself with yes-mans. But his decision to stay in Kyiv transformed public opinion. Irina Feditz is a sociologist with Rating Group, one of Ukraine's biggest independent research firms. His actions during the beginning of the war, I think they gained respect from people from different sides of political spectrum, even for those who were critical of him. As if taking on a new role, Zelensky dressed the part. He began wearing military olive green. Volodymyr Yamalenko is a philosopher and journalist who runs the website Ukraine World. There was a transformation, and uh, Zelensky is a person who is has this capacity of empathy. He creates this image that I'm one of you. The war only enhanced this feeling because he became much more mature. He has a beard right now. He is doing physical exercises, so he's trying really to look like a warrior. Zelensky rallied international support. Six days into the invasion, he addressed the European Parliament by video. The English translator wept. We are fighting just for our land and for our freedom. Zelensky's team tailored each address to its audience. Speaking to the U.S. Congress in December, This time in English, he invoked another wartime leader. I recall the words of the President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The American people in their righteous might will win to absolute victory. The Ukrainian people will win too. Absolutely. The result? NATO allies have sent more than $40 billion in weapons to Ukraine. To appreciate the turnaround this marked for Zelensky, consider his performance leading up to the war. I saw him in the Kherson region less than two weeks before the invasion. 
He was there to observe drills to defend against Russian sabotage. So we're just about 15 miles north of Russian-occupied Crimea, and we're watching the National Guard and the police officers here uh, stage a counterterrorism attack. Afterwards, Zelensky gave an impromptu news conference. He was defensive and confusing. U.S. officials had warned Russia would launch a massive invasion. Zelensky downplayed it. I believe that today in the information space, there is too much information about a full-scale war on the part of the Russian Federation. Then the president asked foreign reporters, standing there on the street, to provide him with intelligence. If there is any additional information about a 100% invasion started by the Russian Federation into Ukraine, please give us this information. In a later interview with The Washington Post, Zelensky acknowledged he knew an invasion was coming. But he said he didn't tell the Ukrainian people to prevent panic and damage the country's economy. Many here seem to accept that. But they also say Zelensky's government failed to prepare the country to defend itself. Tatyana Chornovol used to serve in Ukraine's parliament. I met her at a farmhouse in the Kherson region last fall. She's in the army now. And delighted in showing me around a basement where she stored the anti-tank missiles she fires. Chornoval says that before the war, the Ukrainian army left the route north of Kiev open to invasion, even failing to mine bridges to stop a Russian advance. What was done was simply criminal. There was no preparation for the invasion in order to prevent it. Kiev was not fortified in any way. The situation was even worse in the south. The Russians rolled into Kherson almost unimpeded. Jack Watling is a leading analyst of the war. He works at the Royal United Services Institute, a London think tank. A number of Ukrainian officers before the war started were very clear that they didn't have sufficient troops in the area, and they thought that was a major vulnerability. There was supposed to be about a brigade and a half of troops on that axis, and they were not in position. Certainly in the South, the level of collaboration with the Russians was higher than in other areas. Former leaders in the region also say an area near the border with Crimea was demined before the Russians invaded. Ivana Klimpush-Sensatsa is a Ukrainian lawmaker with the opposition European Solidarity Party. She says it's not certain exactly when this happened. But it seems that it's probably about 10 days before the full-scale invasion. Why would you do that in th- at a time when your country's threatened with invasion and the Pentagon saying they're going to come from every angle? We will be asking these questions right after the victory. <laughs> People here blame the swift loss of the South on the SBU, Ukraine's intelligence service. In July, Zelensky fired the head of the SBU, Ivan Bakanov. Bakanov was a longtime friend of Zelensky's with no security experience. Daria Kalinyuk says the episode illustrates the president's limitations. He's a good president of war. He mobilized citizens. He's not a very good president during non-war period. And his largest weakness is that he trusts to people who are his friends, and he is not tolerating different opinions. Zelensky grew up in the southern industrial city of Krivary. Alina Fialko-Small was an actor there at the time. She said Zelensky used to watch her troop perform and sought advice on becoming a dramatic actor. She discouraged Zelensky, who stands under five foot six. 
Вова. I said Вова. You are small, you have a hoarse voice. You're useless. I said go in some other direction. She suggested comedy. Zelensky studied law at Krivery Economic Institute. Natalia Volushunyuk, a finance professor, recalled him as clever, funny, and self-confident. One day, she said, another professor was unhappy with his behavior and confronted Volodymyr in the hallway. She made a remark to him that he was doing something wrong. Then she said, you should be proud that you study at this university. To which she replied, one day, you will be proud that you taught me. Zelensky's career path has been audacious and inventive. Comedic actor, entertainment mogul, and now, most improbable, global symbol of democracy. Yermolenko, the Ukrainian philosopher, thinks Zelensky's shape-shifting nature is a way to understand him and to understand Ukraine since it became an independent country some three decades ago. The Soviet Union collapsed. And uh, out of this anarchy, you can create something new. Uh, So I think Zelensky is one of those people. The good thing is that uh, these people think that impossible is nothing and you can create anything. The bad thing, he says, amateurs can end up in crucial positions. Yermolenko didn't vote for Zelensky. He's not sure he'll vote for him in the next election, whenever that is. But he says this of Ukraine's president. People really recognize themselves in him, identify themselves with him, or he identifies himself with the people. And in the midst of this war, he says, that has been Zelensky's most important quality. That was NPR's Frank Langford in Kherson, Ukraine. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Elsa Chang.